Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Thank you for having us. And uh, for for those of you on the line that don't know the Superior Gold story, a quick overview is Superior Gold is a Toronto stock exchange listed gold producer. We own 100% of the Protonic Gold operations located in the gold fields of Western Australia. And this is a, a, a large gold deposit produced around 6 million ounces of gold, been in production since 1990. So a big gold system. We've got a lot of infrastructure on the ground. It used to be owned by Barracks. So did produce in and around 330,000 ounces of gold a year back in the day. And we hold that infrastructure, currently producing in and around 70,000 ounces of gold. And we have a, a very clear profile of how we will be moving forward. Uh, we see a clear production profile increase to 100, 150,000 ounces, all with our own infrastructure. Um, I think that that's probably a decent overview, Matt, of Superior Gold. Yeah, well, hello, Tamara. How are you? I'm good, thank you. You're in quarantine. How are you doing? You're in quarantine. Come on, be honest. I'm in quarantine. How, how is it? How is it really? It's not very exciting, but it's a necessary part of keeping Western Australia COVID free. And so I'm doing my part. Get on you, get on you. Okay. Um, well, like, um, welcome back. We spoke to you back in May, but something significant happened. You, you said you couldn't tell us then, but you have actually appointed a new CEO. Yes, we have. Very excited. Chris Jordan's coming on board. He starts July 1st. Um, as you know, I've been the interim CEO for the last year. My job was to come in on behalf of the board and identify, you know, what did we own? What did we, what have we been doing wrong? What could we be doing better? And, um, and what's the strategy we should have in place here? So happy to say that once you've identified those things, you're able to put together and, and work out what's the kind of person we need to take this forward. And it's very clear that with our strategy, we have a clear underground, open pit and potential M&A belt consolidation so you needed a well-rounded individual that has a lot of experience that can um, that take on all of those areas. And most importantly, um, Chris has a lot of transformation experience, so turning assets around. So he's come on board. I actually knew him previously. Uh, he comes out of Newcrest and before that BHP. So a lot of great uh, senior mining experience and uh, has been a CEO before. So he has that ability to to integrate both the operational and the strategic pieces. So very exciting to have someone of Chris's calibre come on board here at Superior Gold and take us forward. Yes, yeah, interesting, actually. You, you forget the scale of what you guys have got there sometimes. You look at the market cap and, you know, what, sort of $90 million, and you just go, well, it's another nice small junior. But you, the clue is even it's ex-Barrack. It has produced over 300,000 ounces a year in the past. So... Someone with Chris's experience, um, he's, he's, he's kind of been there and done it, but what have you charged him with doing? I know you've cracked the code, and I kind of want to talk about what you've done in the last year, but what have you brought him on board to do? What have you said you must deliver this? Uh, look, I, Chris wouldn't have come on board and he wouldn't have been selected if he didn't buy into our strategy, which is that that four-pillar strategy of, of the, the business working, you know, each part is a necessary part of our growth profile. So getting the underground working, the open pits, the second mill, leveraging all of that infrastructure, and then that obviously that exciting exploration find. So that's what he's bought into. Um, he 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 excels at um, at doing this. He was the Lahir um, general manager when I first met him. And that's a big, big operation that has a lot of complex issues, obviously operating up in Papua New Guinea. So 
he, he he's actually he, he feels that this one's going to be very enjoyable and he doesn't have that jurisdictional risk you know we have best mining jurisdiction in the world with the support of the government, the local communities, et cetera. So when you've taken out those whole elements of the risks that some mining operations have, you can get down to the basics of if the gold's there, we're going to get it out. And uh, we know the gold's here. You know, we've got a big system. We've got 5 million ounces of MI&I resources, and we have um, some of the best drill results we've ever seen in the, in the company's history. So very excited about what he can do there. Okay, so that's, that's kind of an operational thing. That's, for me, that's the kind of admin bit, right? So the market response needs to be significant for you guys to kind of get back up to where you think you could be certain conversations we've had in the past. So it, it, outside of the operational component, are you targeting him with specific criteria deliverables so that the market can react to that? Yeah, absolutely. Look, Chris is coming in to um, not change the strategy, not go in a different direction, but continue on on what we've started delivering on, on, on over the last year, Matt. So as a reminder, in the last year since I've come on board, we have um, we did a capital raise last year and that allowed us to eliminate a 2% NSR. We invested in our underground mining fleet that's already paying dividends. We added a third drill rig completely dedicated to exploration and have subsequently announced some of the best exploration results we've ever had here. We paid off um, 100% of our gold loan, and uh, which was a big thing for the company. So we've improved our balance sheet and um, obviously adding now free cash flow to the bottom line. We completed a PEA on the main pit, which has a, an excellent $120 million value that wasn't there before. It wasn't that the ounces weren't there before. We just hadn't done the engineering to highlight this to, to the market. Uh, we're in the process of improving our geological model. So we talked about that last time, talking about the fundamentals, getting that, that right. And we've certainly had some great progress in that area. We've increased our production and dropped our costs. And finally, now that last sort of piece was putting in place the right person based in Perth that has the right experience and, um, and you know, I guess the, the right of amount of grey hair, you might say, Matt, to take this forward and deliver on this strategy that, that we've put in place here. And so very excited about what we've done so far. As far as what Chris is charged with doing, it's really about optimising what shareholders already own. Shareholders that own Superior Gold stock already own the ounces that are in the ground. I would say to you there are far more ounces than we currently know. So obviously he is tasked with identifying and and further completing that optimization of that geological model in order to understand and highlight this is what we actually own at the same time as improving our costs as we mine it because this is it, it's kind of like melding a an operating business with a development exploration company in that you have a very steady good supply of ore that we can mine profitably right now and then we're right on the, the edge of a, we think, a very exciting, significant gold find. And so it's, it's, you get the best parts of both with this story. Did he walk in in the interview and say, right, I hear what you're saying. I've got nothing further to add. Or did he chip in with some ideas of his own? Oh, I wish. I wish I, uh, I, knew, I, wish I knew all of that he does. But unfortunately, I don't. Matt. No, I've been able to, um, I would call it, at a desktop level, identify the business opportunities. Chris has the ability and the experience, and he's done this before. This is not him trying it for the first time. He's done this before where he can come in and identify things like the best mining method, Matt. So I believe there's some benefits here. This is a, a pretty interesting ore body. I think there are parts of the mine that could be bulk mined, 
that's not my background and my set of experience, whereas it's Chris's. So he gets to be able to come in and you could potentially see, you know, step changes in the amount of gold coming out simply because we have identified an opportunity to bulk mine areas of this deposit. Um, they're the kinds of things that I'm excited about. That's that real technical mining experience that he brings. Have you given him enough money to do what he wants to do? It's a great question. So I believe there's always, there's actually so many projects here, you know, you know about the the main pit pushback. We have those new mining fronts in the underground. Um, it, it comes down to time to pay back. We could, um, with more money, go faster. And so that is, uh, you know, that that's always the dichotomy. Um, at this point in time, our cost of capital is pretty high. I think that our share price is, has been pressured with the, the gold price drop. Um, we've done well relative, but with the gold price drop, it, it's pressured. And so uh, he and I will, you know, will continue to have that ongoing discussion. That's the joy of me staying around. I'm not going anywhere. So we continue to, we get to continue to, to take a look at our capital structure and um, what those opportunity and opportunity costs are. Does his reputation allow you to go out to market and raise money if you needed to? Or is it are you still encumbered by leg- legacy issues with the, with the company's track record? No, look, if we, the, 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 I think the important point is, first of all, we need to show the market that there's a lot of free cash flow coming out of this asset. That's number one. So we're going to be um, showing that, you know, we will have paid off our gold loan 100% this month. So, Matt, for the first time in Q3 or, you know, next month, the month after, we're immediately adding free cash to the bottom line. I think that's the first thing the market needs to, to see. When they see that, that's going to translate into the start of a re-rate for the stock. Obviously, that reduces your cost of capital immediately. So, there's uh, we don't have a need to raise money today. Um, but as I said, there are some exciting projects here that, um, that down the road, it, it may be the right thing to do. So, I mean, how many quarters do you think you need to deliver of this free cash flow to be able to take notice? I find that the market needs at least two, usually three quarters, in order to, you know, either forgive or, or focus on, you know, get, get some confidence and trust. I think you've seen that um, we've had, uh, we've had, you know, Q1 was a very good quarter, but we've had for the last year quarter over quarter improvement and with really just telling the market what we expect is going to come out of the mine and then delivering that. So I'm very happy with that progress. And obviously, Chris is very focused on continuing on with that kind of um, trust building. Okay. Can we talk about the um, surface drill? You've got this third rate. I mean, what's the plan for the second half of this year? So on the exploration front, we have uh, two areas of focus. In the underground, it's that Western mining front and the Baltic Gap. So those two areas, we continue to use that third drill rig, completely dedicated to exploration. And then on the surface, for the first time since barrack days, we're going to have a drill rig drilling across the property. A property, As you remember, there's a mineralised mine mafic that extends across the property. It outcrops where we've mined historically at the main pit and at Platonic East. We now get to drill all the way across that. So very excited about what that means for us because, you know, there, there, there could be a super pit that's that's under our, you know, that, that's, that we've been sitting on for the last 30 years here. That always sounds exciting. A super pit. There's, there's a headline. When will you know? Uh, look, every drill hole into it is going to, you know, every economic drill hole into it is going to give you further comfort. But um, that doesn't stop us making money as we go. So, for example, at the main pit, you can do this in increments. You don't need to uh, stop mining and, and, and give up, but it certainly will increase the interest in the company. 
if we start hitting um, mineralization all the way across the property. And what about what about the rest of the so exploration plans for the rest of this year? What else is lined up? So the next, um, so this year, you know that we've started um, mining in Teutonic East. That's first open pit production um, for a while here for Superior, and an important part of our business. You know, remem- remembering that there's the underground, then the open pit, second mill, and exploration. So that open pit production started um, mid-year this year at Platonic East. We have first mining area four, then Perch. And now uh, after that in 2022, we actually go south to Hermes South. It's a a project about 60 kilometres to southwest. And um, I'm very excited about getting a drill rig down there. So the same surface drill rig that would operate at Platonic, we will move down there at the in Q4 this year in order to start drilling deposits in and around Hermes South. So Hermes South has a, a great little... Uh, development project in and of itself. It's not a lot of capex. It's got a pretty low strip and a good grade, but very, very close to it, there are a number of other satellite pits. So it obviously, you know, it behooves us to drill those off and understand how many ounces there really are there. But to give you an idea, Matt, in that surface um, at Platonic, there I have targeted over a million ounces. So meaning that's a geological target that a geologist comes up with. And, you know, they take a look at the geology and identify, you know, they want to justify giving them money and they have to come up with numbers in order to do that. How many ounces you're looking for? So that's not in one area. That's in a number of areas across the platonic property. But um, we've not drilled that in since barrack days, so in many years and certainly not in, the, in this company's history. So really excited as to, you know, see what's out there because we know with the underground these same geologists have got the geology worked out. We've started to inform that um, geological model with more information and they're getting more and more accurate to the point that they had a 100% hit rate in Q1, you know, with one of their drill programs. And you can't get better than that. No, so it's fantastic. But what can we expect to sort of see going forward in terms of like, I mean, the last reserve update was back in what, 2019-ish, something like that? So we put a resource uh, update out in December. Right. Just as a reminder. So, yeah. yeah. But on the reserve side, which we which, which we know, you mentioned already. So, but on the reserve side of things, with this geological model of yours, are we going to see more data more regularly or how often are you going to put information? Yeah, out? absolutely. We would expect to come. So the what we're doing right now is that we've we've come across a, a 3D modeling. We've started to talk about it. So that means that we're informing our model with more data. And so we're currently doing tests and that involves looking at what the original, our existing block model predicts, looking at what the new 3D model predicts, and then putting that stoke through the mill to see what does the mill, who's the ultimate test, you know, how many answers were actually in there. So we're in that process, Matt, and I would expect that over the next quarter we'll come to the market and identify what our plan is with respect to that, how long it will take to do the whole ore body. Um, but I think that you'll see, you know, we don't plan to go silent. So you'll see every time we come out with an update on operations, we'll give you an update on that project and you'll see it in the results. You'll see it in Q2 results, et cetera. So when it, you told us what you're doing with some, with some of the drilling here, but this is all exploration, right? So it was great. But in terms of bringing some of the inferred through into MNI, is any of that in the offing? Absolutely. So Q1 was step out drilling in the Western and the Baltic, the Western mining front and the Baltic. And Q2, by just by definition, you know, you need to get those ounces into a mine plan. So Q2 has been infield drilling. We expect to come out with an expiration update over the next few weeks. 
and before the end of the quarter. And so that'll give people an idea of, okay, so where are we going? You know, obviously people ask, how long is it going to take to get those ounces? Great grades. When are they going to come into the mine plan? Well, it's a staged event. You have to first, you know, you've identified them as inferred. You need to then infill them to the M&I category to get them into a mine plan in order for them to be in a plan for, you know, the future, whether that's Q4 or 2022. Okay, so that's the timing on that. Okay, so we've got, we've got super pits, we've got exploration, we've got underground timing, money. What are we doing? Look, we, we've got enough money now with that gold loan paid off to, um, to continue at the current drilling pace. It's about 30,000 kilometres a year. So um, it's a good rate of drilling, but because we have such significant infrastructure here, we could stand to, you know, we could, we could support two drill rigs in the underground and a surface drill rig. So that comes, you know, that's the, the kind of thing that we need to continue to examine. Is it worth adding? Um, we'll have the money, the gold loans paid off, to add an additional drill rig in the underground to drill at twice the rate, get the ounces into the inventory at twice, you know, twice as fast. Okay, fine. And then the fourth pillar, I guess, well, the mill. Um, how are you going to fill it? It is huge. Yeah, we got a lot of we got a lot of milling capacity, which is excellent because we don't have to pay for it. So the second mill, the 1.2 million ton per annum mill. Um, current work that we've got the guys doing is that we have 30 years of mining here, Matt, 30 years of tails that have gone on to our property, sitting there in paddocks, sitting at about 0.7 grams. So we're looking at a, putting a flotation cell on the front of that circuit and seeing if that's a project that would warrant bringing it back into production. So very excited. Obviously, there's also, you know, if we have a discovery on our property, any one of these surface opportunities that I'm talking about, that would utilise the second mill because we will be fully utilising the first mill with our current underground and main pit, fully utilise that, that first mill. So that second mill needs either discovery, this tailings reprocessing, or even belt consolidation opportunities because there are other deposits around us. But what are you doing about it? Are you speaking to people? Are people speaking to you? Have we got a sort of sense of if you're going to be able to do it? Not, not the theory. When's it going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, unfortunately, I never give anyone, uh, don't talk about M&A with respect to timelines. I'm happy to tell you that we're talking to the right people with the right deposits. Um, timelines will, you know, usually it's the gold price that dictate timelines because that has a lot to do with people's expectation on price. So the gold price dropping off here actually helps with respect to that side of the business and, you know, people not thinking that it's going to the moon tomorrow or, you know, whatever their valuation expectations are. But what I really like is that irrespective of um, any external party, we have the answers and we have the ore on our own property to define our own future. Western Australia is getting a little bit expensive. The Aussie dollar is strong. Um, not that easy to find the right skill sets in terms of people because a lot of competition and they're outbidding each other. I mean, it's going to add to your overhead. So what do you do about it? Yeah, look, this year we put into our budget um, what I would call retention dollars um, because it was very clear that with respect to the labour force, it was tightening. Um, I do expect that's absolutely directly relational to COVID and what we would call the COVID lockdown. I would not expect as Australia increases its uh, vaccination rates and those border controls come down, that that, that labour tightness would continue. Um, I do think it's it's related to COVID, but we have it in our budget, so it it, it shouldn't affect our, our our costs. What it has um 
on the cost side, that's been the, the, the biggest thing I've seen in WA. It's certainly for me, um, I would much rather have operated here than pretty well anywhere else in the world, Matt, through COVID. We have been in a bubble. We've been in a COVID bubble and, it, you know, we've been very fortunate. And it's another example of, of why you want to, you know, jurisdiction, jurisdiction, jurisdiction. Absolutely. But on, on the Aussie dollar, what, what are you doing in terms of the, because it's quite interesting when I sort of see people sending questions in or, or talking about what you're doing, they're sort of mixing their Aussie dollars, the Canadian dollars and their US dollars together. Yes. It's just, it's, it's yes. a little bit confusing. And I think, you know, therefore people's perception of what's going on is, is different. But you guys, you're reporting in your Canadian company, but you're reporting in Aussie dollars. Is that right? US dollars. US dollars, right. And it is, okay. and you're right, it is confusing. And and that's um, that's pretty common for, for TSX listed mining companies to um, report in US dollars. It was a, a trend that came in um, probably back in, in the 90s. And um, so we do that. It is common practice. Um, but as a reminder for you, our costs are in Aussie dollars. We sell our gold in Aussie dollars to the Perth Mint. So the only time the US dollar comes into the picture is when we translate it into our financials. Our bank balances are in Aussie dollars. And so... It's, you know, it, it really is, I guess, that hard piece for people to look at. If they take a look at the Australian dollar gold price, it hasn't dropped nearly as much percentage-wise as the US dollar gold price. And so, we've you know, we've got that benefit. It's sitting at around 23.80 Australian dollars an ounce, and um, we can certainly make a lot of profit at that level, Matt. It feels to me, if I look back over the last year, all the moving parts, we've talked about some of them now. I mean, not, not everything, obviously, but it, it, we talked about a lot of moving parts it feels like you know where you're going now. And that makes conversations with someone like Chris Trodan a lot easier. Um, do you feel the market has got a sense that, of where you're going? It's a really good question. I don't think they do. I think that there needs to be a lot more marketing of this story, a lot more getting out and reminding people of what the asset is that we own, You know what, what, what the infrastructure is that we hold and what the opportunity is. And obviously, you know, with Chris coming on board, I think that's going to be a great catalyst because, you know, the, the investment community pick up very quickly, in my experience, who are real uh, miners, who, who, who understand what they're doing and, you know, aren't a promoter, so to speak. And, and that's what we've got with Chris is, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's someone who's a proven commodity who's been in uh, operations and he's turned them around very effectively. So I'm excited about how that will present to the market and what they'll see. Um, going forward. But I think you're right. We, we haven't got out and told this story nearly enough. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it kind of feels like one of these sort of uh, sports stars who's got an injury, had a year off and needs to get back in shape <laughs> and seems to have got a plan about how they go about doing that. And if they can, they can get back to competing at, you know, a, a higher level. That, that's what it feels like with you guys, because the the scale of the opportunity is there. The scale of the infrastructure mm -hmm. is still, in fact, the infrastructure is probably more, worth more than your market cap today, quite frankly. But it's, it just feels like you've got to deliver those quarter-on-quarter -quarter free cash flow. That'd be nice. Um, yep. And obviously give Chris a, a little bit of time and his feet under the desk too. What about you? What are you going to do? I'm staying on the board. I'm not going anywhere. I know I've got a lot of people involved in this name over the last year, and uh, I'm very committed to seeing it through. Beyond that, I believe in it. You know, I'm I'm a, a very interested shareholder and a buyer of the stock, so I um I believe that this is that turnaround story that we're all looking for.
out there that you that you dig for every day. Um, this has all of those ingredients, and we're starting. You know, we've we've proven that it's possible. We're, we're putting it together quarter over quarter, and as long as we remain realistic with our expectations and deliver on that, I, I think the rest is going to come. Because every time we put a drill hole out there, there's gold. So there's an exciting story. Well, well done you for the last year. You've done a terrific job, uh, and thank you for today. Um, can we uh, speak to Chris at some point? When's he going to be ready for that? Absolutely. Yeah. Look, I'll let him actually uh, get to site. Yeah, I'm going up with him uh, as soon as he starts. Obviously, that's why I'm in Perth now. And um, but I would love for you to to meet him, for him to get to know your viewers, and um, and I, I think he'll be impressed. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.